You know, and we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. This match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship! Mr. Green, welcome back, and I'm glad to have you. Uh, I told you I wasn't leaving. I, I, I got the last podcast out, and I'm, I'm getting back into the the flow uh, all over again. I was doing this, you know, quite quite regularly before the the world fell off his ass. But uh, you know, we're trying to get things back back to normal as best we can. Um, if you're listening to this, wherever you happen to be listening to it, uh, do me a favor. Because, you know, I have to ask these things now. Please uh, give a, a follow on whatever available platform that you are listening to this particular show. Uh, if you are on YouTube specifically, then I would ask that you give a like, subscribe, ring the bell. For those of you that have not subscribed so far, uh, what are you waiting for? You know, uh, we we crank out good content here, and I, I will uh, continue to do so. And and having your subscription and and the willingness to follow this channel only encouraged me to do more of that. Speaking of that, you know, I uh, thank and continue to thank those who have supported this channel. Um, again, if you happen to be listening to this on something other than YouTube, this is, you know, I'm, I'm speaking about that. But if you're outside of, of uh, YouTube and you're hearing this and you want to support, uh, please feel free. You can go and uh, check out the Women's Pro Wrestling Network website, WPNWrestling.com. 24 hours a day, there's a live stream there. You just go onto the, on the channel and you scroll down a little bit. Our network is right there. I, the, the network that is in the name is right there. It runs all day, every day, uh, just like a linear television broadcast. And as we speak, I guess I could drop some uh, information right now. I'm, I'm working on trying to get uh, the app and the VOD service up so that uh, we can advance this thing. And also within doing that, we're trying to you know engage uh, some some oh, more wrestlers, some, some more faces that we can present in front of you guys. Uh, bring you more matches, you know. And uh, if it continues to go, then we'll we'll go from matches to just full on events. But you know that you know is is baby steps. It's one step at a time. So for those of you that are uh, interested in those type of things, first off, I'm glad that you're interested. I'm glad that you allow. Uh, the Women's Pro Wrestling Network to be the platform to present you new faces, new wrestlers, and uh, I want to be able to continue to do that. If you want to support that, you can do that in a number of ways. You can like and subscribe, as I said earlier. That always helps. It puts the uh, channel 
uh, up on the the algorithm list of YouTube. And uh, for those who that's at other places, it helps it, it helps those algorithms as well. That's that's generally how they work. So you would want to follow wherever you happen to be, whether it's Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, iHeart, and so on and so forth. Verbal, which I just found out that I was on. I didn't even know that I was on Verbal. Um, you can go. Uh, we're reworking the Patreon, which has a one dollar tier. That's right, one dollar for one dollar. You can you know support the the channel just to kind of you know get your I guess your inside producer credits because we will always give a shout out to those who have presented themselves and and signed on and and gave up of of their their wallet gave up a dollar to kind of help push the WPN forward. Always want to thank you for that. And you can always uh, order. A shirt. Those are new. We have our Teespring store connected to the YouTube channel. Now that I'm thinking about it, I need to get that Teespring store connected to the website as well. But uh, it's on the YouTube channel. So you can go on there and you can order a shirt. That also helps support the, the growth of the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. And we've got a couple of them. Got a, got a few of the new logos. I got a, got some old logo shirts in there too, you know, just just because. <laughs> but got got the new logo in there. You, you might have seen the Wode, formerly Double D Rose, out supporting our, our merchandise, which is, which is pretty cool. Um, new shirt going up is a, I guess I should bleep myself out here, no silly just wrestling. So, <laughs> so, so if you're one of these people that that like their wrestling as it is, pro wrestling, no, no ridiculous stuff and and uh, crap going on in between it, no comedy, you know, and, and and things like that. If if you're of that mindset, then that is the shirt for you. That's the one that you want to wear when you go support your local uh, indie wrestling promotion. No silly, just wrestling. So, and again, I probably, you know, it, if you heard a beep, that means I got through and made sure that I covered myself up for the benefit of uh, those virgin ears out there. So anyway, I uh, just had to get those things out of the way. And now we can go on into our discussion because I see that there's some people that have uh, liked to answer and, and uh, give their opinions as to certain um, certain statements as it relates to my opinions, I guess, or what have you. I don't know how you want to phrase that. But um, just to provide their, their viewpoint or what have you, and speaking of which, one of, one of those uh, opinions was because of the wow disappears again comment that I put out there. Yes, because Wild disappeared again and and uh apparently there's some, you know, this this isn't a question necessarily. It, it was just somebody that was saying I he really enjoys Wow. He he really enjoys uh, Wow and and wanted them to come back on TV and he, that he liked the fact that they are a TV show rather than uh the pro wrestling promotion that I said they should be. And so I, I guess he, he was saying that that was, 
That was his personal preference. Matter of fact, let me see if I can find that right now. Uh, Tyler Brandon, he he was the one that put that on, and and I want to read out the comment real quick because I didn't have a chance to answer him on the uh, on the sites. So why not just do it here? Uh, his comment was, "To be honest, the TV show aspect of Wow is the reason it's the only wrestling show I watch. I would pay to watch Wow episodes because I watch all the available ones on the daily, and I need more." LOL. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really don't know how he's capable of watching Wow every day. Uh, <laughs> thanks for the comment, though, Todd. I I, I want to say that first off. Thank you for leaving a comment. And I'm sure WoW is is overjoyed to have fans like you that watch the program and look at the program religiously and what have you. But, you know, that comment in and of itself, only in my mind, it only reinforces how I feel about the WoW product. Uh, how many episodes do they possibly have? I mean, um, I don't want to say that maybe 40 Possibly 50. Now, that sounds like a lot, but also taking account, we're talking about 40 or 50 episodes since 2001. That is not a lot at all. I mean, most wrestling companies will give you 50-something episodes inside of one year, much less 20 of them. And I'm sure that if they heard, well, maybe maybe somebody from the show is listening, but I'm sure if they read your comment or heard me repeat it, uh, that you would pay to watch all the wild episodes, I mean, maybe that would be something that they would take in consideration. And, and quite frankly, maybe they should. You know, now that you bring that up, maybe they should. Maybe they should take in consideration to put wild behind a paywall so they could get something out of it. Uh, but I don't know if they own the show. That's the other part about this. I don't know at this point, do they own the show that they had, uh, connected with access TV? They may not be able to do anything with those particular episodes. Now that shouldn't stop them from producing new episodes. I, I don't know what the terms and conditions of what they did when they produced under access. Um, <clears throat> so again, they may not own that, but. It shouldn't stop them from making new stuff. And then that goes back to what I was saying before. They got to they gotta make a decision. They either need to piss or get off the pot. You, you can't produce TV year-round and, you know, expect to be treated like a TV show exactly. Like sports, the, there are no sports that produce year-round, but they, but they produce outside of being say, uh, I don't know, like a Walking Dead or, you know, what, whatever show that's all. I can't think. I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now. I can't, couldn't think. Keenan, <laughs> you know, Saturday Night Live, something, you know. What the, those shows have, si- I was going to say series. They do have series finales. Season finales. You know, they do a number, a certain number of episodes per year, and then they, they take off. Uh, football. Basketball, baseball, yeah, they do that, but it's not considered a season finale. They get to the championship and then they finish it up, you know. And so, while I will repeat, has a decision to make, they have to either 
make the decision of we're going to be a wrestling promotion and we're going to join the rest of our colleagues and just do this all year round. Or if they're going to do the season finale thing, then don't produce it expecting to go into the next season. Like what they did this time. Now, that's not their fault of their own. I will give them that. That's not their fault. They they weren't aware that the company was going to get bought. That's not, you know, I shouldn't say the company. The network. The net, they weren't aware that the network was going to get bought and that that was going to affect them so adversely. So that's probably not their uh, uh, problem. Well, you know, that's not their fault. They didn't create that issue. They just have to be collateral damage, unfortunately, for them. But it seems like they're always collateral damage. So if they're going to continue to do that, when they get to the season finale, they need to just polish off the season finale. Don't, you know, and we'll we'll get to the thing next time. But they want to give you something to hang on to, do a couple of promos, do a couple of vignettes, introduce some people, introduce them on social media on the downside. And then when you come back, you, you haven't made any promises you can't keep or something like that. But. I mean, uh, Tyler, you, you're probably the the absolute type of fan that they're looking for, saying that you you know Wow is the only reason that you watch, or the TV show aspect is the only reason you watch, and and that you want to see more of it. I'm I'm sure uh, a couple of a few thousand more like you would, would resurrect that show easy. <laughs> so. So maybe uh, you know, maybe you should start a campaign for them or something. I don't know, but uh, like I said, your your comments are, are very welcome, but they do make me double down on the fact that Wow's got to they got to make a choice, and they need to just go ahead and make a choice fast. Stop screwing around. Stop, you know, deciding to hey, we're gonna come back, guys. We're gonna come back. We're gonna come back. Stay tuned, and you know that that that's old. That that gets old. They've been doing that for years now, and it, it's just. Is ridiculous. Anyway, uh, I did not mean to get in there and start talking about WoW all over again because I, I had done that enough. There's a full conversation about that. You can go on, you can click it, and you, can, you can listen to the entire episode of WoW Disappears Again, and you can leave your comments about what you think about WoW and what they should do. Should they should they continue doing what they're doing? Should they just disappear? Should they uh, try to get on another platform should they create their own platform who knows leave your comments below all right so uh one of the things i said on the on the last show was that i was going to begin uh getting myself back and start watching some more uh wrestling around the the net so i can get back into review mode and uh and of course get get used to uh, seeing all this talent that's out there and, and all that good stuff because a lot of things have been going on, a lot of a lot of uh, shaking and baking, if you will, as far as people moving about and where they're going and where they're landing and so on and so forth. Some people have been complaining about certain promotions such as AEW. Well, I won't say the promotion itself. Some people have. But specifically for the purpose of this show, uh, some people have been complaining about the um, – the women's division, the AEW women's division. I haven't really felt one way or the other about the AEW's women's division. I really don't think that is overly impressive, to be honest. Um, 
I maintain this. I have been a fan, and I know it's, it works against the grain of a lot of people, but I've been a fan of the Impact Women's Division for some time now. I really have. I uh, It's one thing that I can say about that company, whether it's been Impact Wrestling, uh, going back to TNA Wrestling in its uh, earlier phases, if there's one thing I can say about them, that since the inception of their women's division, their knockouts division, if you will, they have always gone after talent, opposed to uh, who will look good for us. You know, every once in a while they might have done it, but talent was attached to that. <sighs> yeah, you know what? Now I need to clarify that because I forgot Lacey Von Eric was part of it. All due respect to her, but she was not a good wrestler. Uh, so, but that was during the Hogan Bischoff era, so I don't count that. But um, by and large, they've always gone after talent. They've gone after women who would be able to function in the ring and deliver the goods in the ring. And for all the things people can say about that company, that's one thing I do not ever recall anybody saying that the women's division was terrible. I've I don't ever remember. A point where that came up. Um, and I stand by that. Now, AEW's women's division, is it terrible? No, but I don't feel like it necessarily has the buzz that it should have. AEW as a promotion had has buzz because it, it walked into existence with a certain amount of uh, attention attached to it just because it was AEW, just because it was of how it was being created, just because who was associated with it, just because it immediately, without any hesitation, slingshot them up into the number two position in, uh, in the wrestling world. I know some people are going to be like, no, they're number one. No, they're not. Let's, let's just go ahead and be honest with ourselves. They are not the number one promotion in the world. Uh <laughs> WWE is. That's just all there is to that. They, they, they you know, I, I wish I could say it differently, but that, but they're not quite there. Um. So yeah, I, I can, I can certainly understand how some people would look at that and say, "Oh yeah, you know, the the promotion has has buzz about it, but does the women division have buzz?" It seems very. Uh, how, how can you put it nicely? Bipolar at times? That's probably a mean way to put it, but it goes from one thing to the next. Like the best things I've seen in, in their women's division to this point have come from outside of their women's division. Thunder Rosa coming in and wrestling for them. Yeah, that was great, and it, and it provided a spotlight for the women's division at AEW, but it was... Because the NWA women's champion showed up there. I mean, that was cool. I mean, it, you know, that was one of the, the first major crossovers that we saw. Uh, Serena Deeb showing up. Allison Kay showing up. And th those things gave them something. The The other women in there, they, they seem to kind of come and go. Like, I'll, I'll hear something about Britt Baker, and then all of a sudden, you know, she, she's doing the talk show and not really focused on doing anything else except being a source of 
non wrestling entertainment maybe uh, i I see a lot of the um unsigned talent that have come in and they perform on the show. I mean, you could go anywhere from Danny Jordan to uh, Maria Marina Tucker. Um, uh, well, Abaddon, I think, actually is signed, um, and and they they get a they see a lot of people that that come in and out of those rings on a regular basis. But it maybe it's me, and I really want to you know this is a comment. I, I really want to see somebody put you know something on. Maybe I'm missing it. But it doesn't feel like it's going anywhere to me. It just doesn't feel like it. it's kind of a start and stop. Like, I remember the Nightmare Collective when Brandy was kind of a pseudo bad guy. And she was on there and she had, uh, oh gosh, what's her name? Mel, uh, Melanie Cruz. She was on the show as Mel and had her shave her head and all that stuff like that. Then all of a sudden, Brandy was the baby face. And just, it kind of just disappeared without any rhyme or reason. And then they showed up into the uh, the women's tag team tournament they had there. And again, it's like Brandy didn't know what she was going to be. She was she was uh, babyface one second, then in the course of the match, well, I should say in the course of the match, after the match, she turned around and she was like a heel again and talking how great she was and this, that, and the other. I was like, what is happening there? I legitimately lost interest in sitting there watching their women's division because of things like that. It's like I, I don't know what you're trying to be. It's like are you, are you wanting me to cheer you or not? I mean, I know that they hang on this, this idea. Well, we don't believe in good guys and bad guys, but give me a break. It's like it's not going to kill you to embrace something that's old every once in a while. It's like AEW goes out of their way to like, well, we don't want to do anything the old way. It's like, come on, man. It's good guys and bad guys. That's simple. That that cuts across all entertainment facets. It doesn't have to be wrestling. You don't walk into Spider-Man trying to guess who is doing what. Spider-Man's good. Doc Ock is bad. End of story. You know, you don't, you don't have to pick and choose and guess all the time. I don't understand why it is it's such a hassle for them to do that. Anyway, I'm, I'm I must have <laughs> dug up a nerve because I, I wasn't expected to go into that. But uh anyway, no, I don't I, I don't know what it is with their division that has not grasped me. It just seemingly has not. Um if you are a fan of AEW's women's division, please uh, let me know. Leave, leave a comment or something below. Tell me why. Uh, I would love, I really would, I would really love to hear it uh, because I don't feel that way and I don't know why it, it, it is the way it is. Anyhow, um, Impact Wrestling's women's division, however, I, I still... Thoroughly enjoy. I enjoyed the. I, I don't think they call themselves the Killer Death Machines right now, but Havoc and Nevea, Fire and Flavor. I might be mixing it up right now. Um, Jordan Grace, Jazz, ODB, uh, Kimberly, Deanna Perazzo, just, just all of them. You know, I. I, I I think that that they have done a really, you know, a reasonable job of trying to keep them relevant to the show. 
they aren't necessarily the the biggest thing across the wrestling industry, but I think they do a good job of keeping them relevant within the context of their show, and uh, you know that that's pretty good. They they do a pretty good job, you know. On and I, I do want to veer off to the side just for a moment. Now that I think about the uh, women's division and impact, because I get the impression sometimes that WWE lets people go for a ver- well, of course, obviously they do for a variety of reasons, but I'm going to say sometimes I think they let them go for reasons that they cannot openly admit. And it's going to be hard for me to even say this here because it it, it means that uh. It, it it might be evident, but I, you know, WWE always seemed to me like they have a type, like they have a type of body that they like attached to their women. Boy, they don't call them divas anymore, but uh, women superstars. Um, every once in a while, somebody you know breaks through the cracks, but let's be honest. They have shown themselves to be petty before uh, in the past. I don't think that they could get away with doing these things now because, you know, I think the world would come down on them if they started fat shaming somebody publicly. But I do feel like there is an aspect of WWE that with the outside of those exceptions here and there that by and large, they want models. I know that they don't hire that specifically anymore. I mean, you've heard the stories. The guys going through the uh, the, the model catalog to, to find somebody. Oh, yeah, she looks good. Let's hire her. And we'll train her to be a wrestler. Such as like Eva Marie and the Bella Twins, uh, maybe Kelly Kelly and some others like that. They just wanted to look. We'll train them later. Well, now I think they do that kind of in the reverse where, yeah, somebody's talented. But now we got to get them to the look. They they come in with the training. Now we want to make them be what we want them to be. So I, that this is just my theory. I I really wish I could get somebody that has been in there that can um, speak to that, and maybe I maybe I'll endeavor to do that. But I think that that's what it is. I believe that the WWE has reversed its its look, or not its look, but its philosophy before. Have them look good first. What what Jim Ross called them athletic tens. You know, girls like your Michelle McCool's. I know some people weren't necessarily fans of hers, but Michelle McCool is an attractive woman and she looks like a model. She's tall, slender. She's blonde, like they like them. You know, <laughs> same same kind of physical attributes that you have with Charlotte Flair. And you know, for the purposes of today's wrestler. They don't have to worry about training them because most of them come in trained, but they have to achieve a certain look, it, it feels like, by and large. I bring that up because I see in Impact Wrestling that, you know, Kimberly and Deanna Perrazzo, and I only thought about that as I was naming them off, both of which came out of the... Uh, developmental system of WWE. Neither of them had any extensive time on their television show. They kind of came, they were there for a while, stockpiled in, in the uh, WWE system, and then, they, and then they left. 
Well, they didn't left. They were they were released. Well, they didn't leave. Let me let me, let me speak properly. They didn't leave. They were released. And I don't know if that other than well, we don't know what we're going to do with you. Creative has not you know the 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 normal WWE speak that they have. You know, we wish away your future endeavors. We don't have anything for you right now. Yada yada yada. Those are all the things that they like to say. But I I am really curious. Were they released because they did not meet the quote WWE standard? I I say that because you know I I I think that WWE does a good job of brainwashing people from time to time, and when they start telling the the audience at large that oh yeah she's fat like you, if you go back a couple of years of that Piggy James thing I was like was Mickey James really that fat I mean come on just go back and if you can find it if you're on the WWE Network you certainly can if you're on YouTube or something like that you can probably find some clips of it but just go back and look at that things like that was Mickey James legitimately fat I mean seriously Maybe she had a couple extra pounds on it, and that's and I stress maybe. But I I don't see I didn't see what the problem was, but clearly that was something that the WWE thought there was some element of reality to, so therefore let's use it. So when I think about that, and I still think about the same people that were in charge then are the same people that's in charge now. It would not surprise me in the least. It really wouldn't. And I, and I don't say that to say that I think that either one of those ladies are uh, overweight or anything like that. I, I actually think that Perrazzo and, and Kimberly are, are both very attractive young women. But in WWE land, did they make the grade? Did it, was it something they, you know, was it something that they wanted on their show? Because they'll never admit that. The WWE will never admit that. Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, Vince McMahon, Kevin Dunn, whoever else is in charge, they will never, ever, ever, ever publicly say that. They'll just release you and say that, you know, we you know, we couldn't do anything with you. Just a just a side note. Also, you can, you know, make <laughs> comment about that if you if you like. Um one other thing, uh, as I'm going through my notes, uh, I know I was said I was going to watch uh, NWA Shockwave and start checking out some of their uh, women's division and just 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 a show in general. Since they since they they being the NWA started to make a return of sorts, um, I didn't realize that they were on a season finale or maybe a little hiatus themselves. Uh, I do expect them to return. Uh, there's too much stuff that they got going on with it right now for them just to up and disappear. Of course, we know there's been a couple of title changes in, in the interim of that. Um, and a couple of people that have appeared on the show, well, one in particular I'm, I'm going to talk about, that have appeared on the show that is no longer associated with the NWA or, or uh, any other promotion at this moment <laughs> outside of the biggest one in the land. Um, Priscilla Kelly, Priscilla Kel- Kelly, who I believe was, what is it? She goes by Dee Dee 
Golan now, I think. I can't think of the last name that he gave her. But she has signed on to the WWE as I have recorded this. She is one of the new signees to that company. Um, and a month ago, over no, it's over a month now, almost two, <clears throat> she was on NWA Shockwave. She was challenging for the NWA Women's World's Championship against the then-champion Thunder Rosa. This is just before Thunder Rosa lost the title to Serena Deep. Now, I will say I have seen Priscilla Kelly in a couple of different incarnations since she entered into the wrestling business, one of which is, of course, her rookie year. Uh, if you have not seen her wrestle as a rookie, I actually have her first match available on this channel. You can just kind of go through, scan for Priscilla Kelly. It will come up. Um, she had her moment where the, the best way I can describe is that somehow she morphed into this uh, dirty, almost female Joy Ryan type, which she was doing some gross out wrestling and, and all that stuff, which I really, I, I didn't enjoy that at all. I, not, not at all. Cause I, I knew she could be better than that, and she proved that she could be better than that. And I have one of the matches where she was better than that. But she wrestled against uh, Aja Pereira, now Aja Smith, the referee in WWE or NXT. Um, but this match, I think, is episode two of Shockwave. And I'm going to tell you, it, if you haven't seen it, you should go and you should go out your way to, to check this out. It, this is probably the best match that I've seen Kelly participate in, and I'm going to call her Priscilla Kelly for this, is probably the best match that I've seen her participate in in the times that I've watched her. And it is also the defining difference between the NWA and all the other wrestling promotions that exist out there. She, I shouldn't even say she, they, Thunder Rosa and Priscilla Kelly wrestled a match that was pretty hard hitting and without the obvious signs of participation with each other. They they yes, they did some, you know, some spectacular stuff, but they looked and sounded and you know like they were really trying to get a win over the other person, which is what I like. It was gritty. And, you know, there's something to be said. And I, yeah, I would prefer the fans be there. But I have to admit, there's something to be said that for whatever reason, in this environment with that empty building, it kind of worked. It kind of worked. It, 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 it just felt very guttural. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter that there's fans here. I want that belt. And on the other side of it, it doesn't matter there's fans here. I got to keep it. And they were beating the crap out of each other. I like her, Priscilla Kelly's child. Uh, child. Let me let me not uh let me not wish that on her just yet. She's just getting this, her career start. If she wants one, that's great. But I didn't mean child. I meant style. Her style had changed, and when she became like a bit of a striker, and this, and I had not seen her wrestle that way before. And it was a long match. Like every match doesn't need to be some sort of back and forth. You go a little bit, I go a little bit, and, you know, near falls here and there. Every match doesn't need that. But this one needed it because it made the championship 
feel important again. That's one thing I can say that has gone on with the NWA Women's Championship in the last couple of months, if not longer, is that they have made the championship feel important. It goes everywhere. It goes it is across multiple shows. And it has become the the goal of several women out there. Like it and at times it felt more important than when they showed up on AEW. It felt more important than AEW women's championship. Because Thunder Rosa seemingly made it feel more important. And then you're looking at this match, NWA Shockwave or her and Priscilla Kelly going back and forth, just killing each other. With these hard suplexes and tough strikes and just back and forth. I mean, it, it was a good match. And I will say this. When you are a wrestler and you're coming up, you're always looking or, you know, as far as fans are concerned, you you need to have that match that is going to separate you. You need to have that match that is going to place you at another level or, you know, elevate you. And you get there by wrestling people that are better than you are. I don't know if I would nec- if I could legitimately say. I mean, my gut says that yes, Thunder Rosa was probably the the uh, better of the two. She's been around and done it a little longer. But uh, I, I have to give credit where it's due. That I think that s- somewhere along the line, maybe it was because she was working the NWA and they weren't going to have any of that nonsense that she was doing on the independents. But Priscilla Kelly walked into that ring prepared to wrestle, prepared to have a fight, and it came off that way. And who knows? Maybe that match could have been a decision maker for her being signed, period. I mean, if I saw it, I would say that she's pretty good. And we already know Thunder Rosa's good. So that that might have been it. So I will encourage you, you know, if you have not had the opportunity to watch it, you should go and take a look at it. It's got to be every minute of 15 minutes or so. because, uh, But it doesn't feel like it. I'm not going to, you know, I don't say that to say that, oh, it felt long or whatever. It might be actually a little longer than that. But it, it was the main event of, I believe, Shockwave Episode 2. And it is worth the watch. Absolutely worth the watch. And not often that I go and give praise to some other show to tell you, you know, because I don't get nothing out of it you watching that stuff, but fan to fan, because I'm, I'm a fan also, you know, you should go watch that. And I think you will absolutely enjoy it. Absolutely. Okay. Well, you know, I'm, I'm trying to keep this thing pretty concise and whatnot. And ah, I didn't even, I didn't even get to talk, start talking about the Aja uh, Pereira. I, I had a, had some comments that I wanted to uh, address with her, but I, Okay, I promise I'm going to do it in the next show. Next show, I promise I am going to get into the uh, the comment. It's going to be a little bit of a career retrospective of Aja Pereira, now Aja Smith in the WWE, because I, I know I said it at the end of the last one that somebody left a comment, and he didn't know why they wouldn't let her wrestle. But uh, I, I think it's a little bit more to it than that. But we'll, we'll go into that a little bit later on because it's not the first time that WWE's done it. It ain't going to be the last. And it's certainly, it's, see, they don't just do it to the women. They, they've done it to the guys, too. Some guys that's on the independents and been really killing it out there, sometimes they, they don't get that. They just, they just don't. They become something else. But we will talk about that a little later. <laughs> 
Uh, thank you for tuning in to the Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling Podcast. Uh, I'm still getting the wheels underneath me. I didn't want to stretch it out to you know hour quite yet, but uh, maybe maybe as, as these conversations broaden out, we'll uh, we'll we'll stretch it a little bit depending on the content that's available. Also, before I go, uh, if there's any other wrestling promotions or, or women's matches out there that you know of that I should take a look at, be sure you know g- give me a give me a buzz, man. Let me know. Share it with me. I'd love to see it. Because one thing I will say, the mission statement of the Women's Pro Wrestling Network is and was and continues to be is introducing you to new faces out there and, you know, hopefully helping to facilitate their transition to get into a larger platform and, and becoming the stars that we are, or that they are. I mean, hey, Aja Pereira, Kara Hogan, Priscilla Kelly, they, they all have been featured on this channel at some point in time in their early stages of their career. And I'm, I'm proud of that, that we got a chance to see them and see them early before they took off and became stars. So there we have it. If you uh, like this, do what we said at the beginning. Like, share, subscribe, follow, depending on your platform. If you are feeling supportive, uh, you can go on to our new Patreon and uh, the the share or the tier is a dollar a a dollar, a dollar a month. And because imagine, a bunch of y'all drop a dollar, then you know we, we'll put out some major matches. And always, if you're doing that, you get credit for it. We're going to you know, drop your name. Make sure that the world knows who you are. Uh, also, shirts. Go to our Teespring. Click the link on the uh, link below on the YouTube channel. Take it directly to our Teespring store. Connecting the Teespring store to the WPN website as we speak. And let me know, please, if you're interested in seeing us uh, create more content, more more matches specifically, that we can place into the app, let me know. You know, and uh, we will work on that. That is that is the next major project that we're trying to, uh, or <laughs> I should say I am trying to accomplish here. So that is that. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate everybody and everything that y'all have done. This is, and here's the close, this is Mr. Green saying that this is Mr. Green saying so long, everybody, and we will see you on the next go-round.